Welcome to the kingdom, everybody. Welcome or welcome back. If you are not new here, my name is Karen Adakora. If you're new here, I am the host of Welcome to the Kingdom, a podcast about my life as a 20-something, you know, going through the motions, but through the perspective of someone who has completely given their life to God. So I hope that you are excited for this episode. I was very pumped for this. I had heard of Suzanne and Stevie a while back through Instagram reels and just mutual followings and stuff. And I am so, so excited to have them on the podcast. It was truly an honor and it was so fun chatting with them. They are just as sweet and humble and beautiful as they look online and it was great just hearing a little bit about them and their books so a brief synopsis um to Suzanne and Stevie Hendrix they are a husband and wife duo they used to have a podcast called The Good Life I think they took a little break on that but they've been doing the whole internet thing for about a decade now with both having achieved success at a young age Suzanne and Stevie searching for quote-unquote the good life have found out firsthand that the success people think they want isn't what truly satisfies even as their careers and social media popularity grew with millions of followers they were still searching for the good life just like everyone else What they discovered in that search completely changed how they lived their days and by extension, their lives. Now they are bringing their message to the masses with A Real Good Life, which releases on October 10 everywhere. You can also pre-order it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's, audiobook, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I started reading a little bit about the book before interviewing them. And I found that I relate a lot to just the constant search and striving for what I think is good and, you know, enough when it really just is never enough. And we can learn to appreciate the actual real good moments we have in the life that we live now. So I am going to jump right into the episode. Thank you for being here, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation and take something away from it. Okay, all right. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Stevie. Welcome to the kingdom. Woo-hoo! Good to be here. We're we are. so happy it's to be here, good to be, be here, in the kingdom. What's yeah, going on right? in the kingdom today? <laughs> I'm going to give a brief intro before I plug this episode in, but would love for you guys to tell us a bit about yourselves and what you guys do. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure, Saz. Yeah, I think well, ready, we could probably tag team on this. Um, cool. You know, we're first of all so happy to be here on the Kingdom Podcast. Stevie and I are, you know, obviously married, and we've got a couple kids now. Um, yeah. But Stevie and I started this journey ten years ago when we met in college, and we decided to take our dreams out to the big city of Los Angeles, where yeah. we we're confronted with reality where we realized, dang, we are small fish in a really big pond. And it was in that season of life when God really started to change the trajectory of our path. Like we thought we were going to, you know, have it all figured out. We had our eggs lined up in certain baskets and, and then that's what God does, right? He completely, he allows us to jump ship basically. And so we decided, are we going to jump ship or are we going to stay where we are and try to continue to, beat a dead horse, right? So it was, um, you know, a decade ago when I decided to trust God and this plan of his and give this little teeny tiny blog that I had talking about fashion and beauty solely um, a shot and to start really like giving it a chance. And it just so happened all the stars aligned being in Los Angeles. I met a group of people who were doing that as well. And so it was just like, I think what I needed to do was like trust God in that season. So I started the whole quote unquote influencer thing, which was not yeah. even a thing back then. And then fast forward to the offline world of our life, we were, you know, really uncertain if our relationship was going to continue on because of, you know, cultural barriers that stood in the way between my family and coming from a Kurdish background at the time. And I was a new believer. There was a lot of just like, man, a lot of pressure and a lot yeah. of stress and just a lot of uncertainty and uncertainty in my life, both on and offline. Somewhere along the way, those two worlds collided and I started realizing, I think I should just start sharing more of like who I am. And that's where I made that similar to you. Yeah. I made, I kind of like, again, jump ship and started, instead of just talking about fashion and beauty, I started talking more about my life, sharing the things I was going through in real time and what God was doing in the season. And Stevie and I then kind of worked together. We worked on our business together and then we started building the life with God at the center of it all. And now we have three kids. And so we're continuing to do what we love every day on the internet for a living. And now we get to create this, right? This new baby and launch it into the world, which is our book. And that's why we're here, which is so great that we get to be here with you to talk about it. and. I just never in a million years thought I'd be sitting here getting to share that like, wow, God used our life to write yeah. a book and to share it with people in the world. So it's just very surreal, very exciting, but that's kind of who we are in a nutshell. What did I miss there? I, I think you kind of nailed it. I mean, <laughs> did I? I feel like I missed this very fast forwarded version. No, no, that's, that's great. I mean, we're kind of like, like Cezanne said, we never expected that we would be here. You know, yeah. I think everything changed for us when our first daughter was born and kind of like you're, you were telling us about your journey, you know, it was like, man, we really need to talk about what matters, you know, and that's yeah. when we started our podcast with, you know, yeah. the good life podcast, which led to our book, a real good life. And, uh, I, I feel like right now what we're doing and what we're tasked with is like 
pursuing God and asking him, what does a real good life look like? And so I'm so glad that we're able to share this, our stories in the book. Um, but like, it's weird. You live like a weird life, to be honest with you. We're just <laughs> continually asking God, like, Hey God, like what's, what's next, you know? So right, right now we're focused on this book. And after this, we're going to ask him again, like, okay, now what? what's next? Yeah, let's, right. Yeah. Like just, yeah. It's scary. It's fun. That. You know, it's a, yeah, it's an adventure yeah. for sure. I love that. And I can, I can still relate. Um, because as soon as I graduated college, I moved to New York city. Cause you know, that's, that's where everything happens these days. I'm like, I need to be in New York City. My fiance was in New York City. I had so many. I graduated last year, okay? So this is just like in the span of a year, I've realized, oh, like life is just not going to go the way you want it to. And you can't, um, you, you just can't place like, I, I think I kind of placed my plans as like, this is how God's going to show up for me. And then when it didn't work out that way, I was like, God, what? But he he never <laughs> he never said it's gonna look like A, B, C, and D, you know? Exactly. So just I, I now I'm moving back home to Massachusetts after a year in New York City, not knowing like what's next. So I as soon as I was reading, you know, what the book was about and even started reading the first couple of chapters, I really resonated. And so I'm so excited that you guys even put my thoughts into writing basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you're like probably several years, like, you know, behind us. You've got that youthful, look at her youthful skin. I mean, (laughs) baby booty skin. I love that. And I love that you're, you know, a few seasons behind us in terms of like what you're saying. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been there, done that. We've walked through that. Like, it's really cool to see how our paths are similar in their own unique, beautiful ways. But like you did move to New York because it is so big with fashion out there and being out there for that stuff is like kind of where you had to go. You had to be in, there was a period where like, you wanted to succeed in fashion and beauty and entertainment. You had to be in New York or you had to be in Los Angeles or Paris. And so now I think since the pandemic happened, everything was disrupted. And I mean that in the best way, because now opportunities have spread near and far. Like, even though you went back home, it doesn't mean that you're not going back, right? With everything that you've gained and everything that you're going to achieve now that you're there, because God has called you there. So you know that he has a plan in this process for you. And so when you were telling us you've been in the process of moving, I'm like, we did that too. You know, we went from LA for seven years and then felt literally the Holy Spirit and God say, well, it's time to pack your bags. And we thought, well, (laughs) where where are we going to go? And we didn't get that answer for a while, but we just trusted him in that season when it was just quiet. You notice sometimes God's quiet and you're just like, hello, are you there? Like you just kind of keep hitting him up, going in God's DMs, like, what's going on here? (laughs) And then he shows up and he speaks in just the most beautiful God ways that we all know he mysteriously does. I I just want to talk to you about like what you said, where in the span of a year, so much has changed and your goals for yourself. I mean, that's, there's so much wisdom in what you just said and also courage, you know? I mean, I think so much, so many of us spend years trying to make something work that God's like sending us signals. He's like, this isn't actually what I have for you. And if you would trust me, you would actually like, let me show you that I have a better way. I've got a better path, you know, and it doesn't look like what you thought it would, but guess what? My plans for you are good, you know? And I think that's the Zanonai's testimony. You know, it's like, there's been so many times we were disappointed. We're like, God, like I waited 10 years or I waited my whole life for this. And now you're taking this away from me. Why would you do that? You know, like, why would you rip something so precious away from me? And he's like, I've got something better. And I've actually got yeah. a blessing on and a, and a reward on that other side. If you would just listen to me. 
Um, and I think that, that that is such a wonderful thing to lean into at such a young age because you're not wasting your time. Yeah. I feel like we spend years, like I, I've done it, where I'm just fighting against God. I'm like, no, God, I want, I want it this way. Wrestling. And that's <laughs> yeah. what I want and that's what I deserve. And he's like, excuse me, sir. Let, <laughs> yeah. me, let me actually, let me educate you real quick. Exactly. And like, I remember when um, our second, we found out we were pregnant with our second um, daughter. Cezanne and I were just, we had this expectation that we were going to have a boy first and we had a girl first. And then we had this expectation that we were going to have a boy next. And then we got pregnant with Amari, which is our second daughter. And I remember we were both kind of just like, this isn't what we had planned. You know what yeah. I mean? This isn't necessarily what we quote unquote wanted. Of course, we're excited about, you know, having another girl. Um, but it just caught us off guard. And we were taking a walk. And I just remember I told Saz, I was like, you know what's funny? I was like, God literally never gives me what I want. If I'm like at the restaurant and I'm like, cool, I'll have a, uh, I'll have a cheeseburger animal style. He's like, cool. So you're going to get the uh, hot dog with the, and I'm like, no, that's not what I said. He's like, that's what you're going to get. Cause that's the best thing on the menu. And I'm like, but that's not oh what I want. And he's like, just trust. So the he hot gives dog me, is going to be good. He gives you the hot dog. But like, it's like our daughter, Amari, who's our second. I mean, Gosh, she's hilarious. We would not want she's, it any other way. No, yeah. we wouldn't want it God any other way. What you need. But I just remember on that walk, I was like, you know, I said, you know, he always gives me what I need and not what I want, but I spend so much time fighting him. And then eventually I realized years later, wow, God was actually like looking out for me. Like he was yeah. actually doing something really good for me. And yeah. he's just like, dude, like it's always the same story. I'm always looking out for you. I've always <laughs> had good plans for you. Right. Just trust me. And yeah. so like, if you can start doing that at 20, 25, you are light years ahead of so many people because people will spend 20, 30, 40 years in the same boat. And they'll never think, you know what? Maybe the wind isn't in my sails for this dream that I've been wanting because God's actually sending me a message. I've got the wind going the other direction. So if you just turn your boat around, I'm going to bless you. That's downstream. And it's a yeah. lot less work. It's yeah. just, it's just trusting me, you know? Yeah. It is so hard though, because we, we yeah. don't know what it looks like. Right. So it's just like, it's just so hard to be like, okay, fine. And then the moment you say, okay, fine. He's like, there we go. Like, you know, like that's what I was looking for. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely wrestling with it too. You know, I'm not I'm not happy about circumstances, but I'm just like God. Like whatever you're doing right now, sure, <laughs> you know better than me anyway. Well, yeah, I, it's choosing to see the good and yeah. and not knowing, right? The good yeah. in a hopeless moment. Like for me, similar to you, like it. I when I, I have to I have to come to the end of myself, which sometimes takes me longer in seasons where I'm really wrestling with God about something and I'm like, Oh, I can't surrender this thing. Or I'm really trying to fight and make, make this work. I really want to see this come to fruition. And I just have to remember like, wait, this is God's will, not mine. Right. If he is the creator of all things, he's ultimately the creator of this plan that he has for my life, which means he's going to be the best person to help me bring this plan to life. Mm -hmm. He's going to be my marketing person. He's going to be my manager. He's going to be all of the things to bring this plan to fruition. And I think sometimes we rely so much on our own will and our own strength, but it's just not sufficient. Like we will fall short. So when I when I finally come to the end of myself and what that looks like for me is I have pretty much- It's like a meltdown, right? I have beat yeah. a dead horse. Like I beat a dead horse. There's nothing else I can do. And I'm literally yeah. at a dead end now. And I look up and I'm like, how did I end up here? Like in the spirit, I'm like, how did I end up at this dead end alley? How did I allow myself and the enemy to trick me to get me off the path? How did I end up here? And when I can finally like stop where I'm at even if I'm on my knees and I'm crying about it, I'm just having that moment where it's like, I've come to the end of myself. I can look up now and I can start to see the good 
pick myself up and continue on the right path. And I think the enemy, that's the thing is like, just as much as we hear God's voice, the enemy is such a pesky, loud nuisance that tries to outdo the volume of God and even our own voices sometimes that creep in. But the enemy, you can notice the patterns and what he does. And it's like, he'll use your emotions to stir you. He will turn people and their emotions against you. He will cause you to feel the stirriness, the busyness, the I'm not good enough, the, oh my gosh, like what is happening to my life? Start make you question things about your self-worth. And if that is, if it's not good, it's not God, you know? So being able to check that for me has been really important to keep me on that path. And then I got to start like turning up the worship music. That's like my reset. When I can turn up the worship music and I'm about to like literally cry as I'm listening to the first verse, I'm like, my spirit was so hungry and thirsty Mm -hmm. for this. And it has been in a season of drought, clearly, for me to end up here. So I want to encourage anybody listening, like maybe you need to reset and if you that is you, I would highly suggest that you go tuck away, yeah. that you admit to yourself, like, I've come to the end of myself, let go. And once you let go, start filling yourself back up with what you know is good and what you know is real and what's true. And that's yeah. everything that God provides for us through the word, through worship, through community and fellowship, asking friends and family to step in and pray for you when you're going through a hard time. We haven't done that enough. We're not like, we're too humble to be like, can you pray for me sometimes? And it's like, yeah. no, this is, this world is hard for us all to navigate and live in as yeah. brothers and sisters. We have to, you know, beat the enemy and we have to be able to do that by just really like increasing the noise of our spirit around what God says and yeah. just pouring in that truth every day, like a watering a seed. You and, know? It, and it's not about perfecting it either. You know, it's not about my biggest fear, you know, when I felt like God wanted me to make a change or I felt like he was calling me out. It's like those, you know, we always say it's like those Indiana Jones, uh, the invisible steps, right? <laughs> God's like, I want you to make a move. And you're like, where? And he's like, <laughs> Right there. And you're like, but there's, there's, yeah, if you've seen the movie, if you haven't, basically, he's got to walk across this chasm. There's nothing in the middle. But supposedly, there's these invisible steps. And once you step on them, you can see them. But you can't see them unless you take that step, right? And I feel like God's like, go ahead and take that step. There will be something waiting for you. And you're just like, for real? Like, are you, you're making me do this right now? And he's like, yes, that's, that's your part of this process. That's you believing in, in what I say, because my promises are always true. And so like, yeah, like a 50 year old can look back and say like, yeah, like I should have trusted God because he's always, but like at 20 years old, 15 years old, it's hard to like, cause you, you don't have a right. lot of proof. You have to really have big faith. And it's, so it's easier to say that as you get older, if you've been paying attention, but if you can trust God now, you can take major steps. But my question was always like, well, God, what if I mess it up? Like, mm. what if I've got these dreams and I feel like you're calling me out to take a, a, a leap of faith and I, I choose the wrong place. Like I choose the wrong college. Like I choose to major in the wrong thing. I choose the wrong career. I moved to the wrong city to pursue my dreams. Like I was always so worried about those things. And I wish that I would have heard this. Rick Warren said, God's not as concerned with the perfection of your heart as the direction of your heart. And the direction of my heart as a young man was always submitted to God. I said, God, like, you don't want to move to LA. I want to, you know, pursue acting in this kind of career. And I never felt confident about my decisions. You know, I was always like, okay, God, like, will you just stop me if I'm making a mistake? And all along, God was leading me. And it says that he does place our steps. And so you really do have to trust him. Like in the, in the quicker and the sooner you can do that, the more God can reveal 
his nature to you. And his nature is that he's good, he's trustworthy. And that's what our book really is about. It's about trusting him through the hard because yeah. it's gonna lead to good. Like blessing will always come after those trials. And so if you can learn that now in your life and just say like, hmm, seems like a trial. God, you're asking me to do something really hard right now. But you know what, I see that you're in this. Yeah. And if I know that you're in this, then I know that it's gonna end well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna even in death, like even in death, it ends well because yeah. we end up with him. Yeah. And so like, if you've lost a loved one, if you've, if you've suffered a loss of a loved one, which is probably the worst thing you can endure on this planet, right? Is losing somebody close to you. Even in that moment of extreme sadness, chaos, overwhelm, God is still good. He doesn't stop being good. He's not better tomorrow than he is today. And he wasn't better before. And he also wasn't better to you. His, his love towards us doesn't change depending on what we're doing. Yeah. Cause at our worst, he's there too. He's like, I'm here for you at all times. And so like in life, if we can just understand that, like, just like God is love, like he is love. He also is good. And that mm. doesn't change. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Seriously. That spoke to me so much because like, you know, Cezanne was saying, you just come to the end of yourself, but I've also realized like there's so many patterns in the Bible where the, like, it had to they had to like come to the dead end and like mm -hmm. even the story about the woman and like the olive oil the widow and the olive oil like the jars had to be empty you know what i mean like you just have to like yeah there has to be nothing there for him to show up and like when we feel when we feel like we can rely on our um you know our what we can do and like the things we can control and what we can do with our might and our power and our wisdom and then we realize, oh, that's that's not enough. Like we got to get rid of all of that, and then and invite him in. So I love that. I, I think too, like to that point, like you said, they, the jars have to be empty. Some people might be thinking, well, okay, how do I empty out my jars, right? Yeah. I think emptying out your jars is true vulnerability and humility. Mm. And I've heard that if you want to be a great leader, you have to first learn how to be really, really vulnerable. You have to be the first one to step up and be like, hey, let me tell you guys about my mistakes. Yeah. Just like in an AA meeting, you have to say, my name is so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic. That's the beginning because then you realize like, I need a lot of work, I need a lot of grace and I need a lot of strength. But actually God, like I don't have to be that for myself. Mm -hmm. Actually, you are that for me mm -hmm. when I say I am weak, you are strong, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if anybody's listening right now, they're like, I'd like to pour out my vessels, it's like, well, then really humble yourself, really admit your faults, like openly before God, before men, before friends, like, and just yeah. be humbling. I, I believe that that's when magic starts to happen. And I, and I, I want to encourage the generation that, you know, we're millennials, but like even the generation, our generation, as well as the generation, you know, that's right behind us. I, I feel like the term FOMO, right, is such a huge thing. Like since the past, 10 years even, even five years, we've seen how comparison statistics are just like shooting up the roof. People are comparing their lives to other people's lives, their yeah. bank accounts to other people's bank accounts. There's all this comparison because of this wave 
of social media that has invited people into seeing other people's lives, which was not really a thing over you know 20 years ago. You kind of just hope that Aunt Susie was doing well, where you know in Michigan, you didn't yeah. know what was going on in yeah. your uncle's home every hour of the day. And so because of that, and we have been in this world of the internet and sharing our lives, we have seen the effects of it, both good and bad. And I wanna encourage and say that if you're somebody who struggles with FOMO, how about instead of fear of missing out on the worldly things, right? From what your friends are doing, how about you turn that on its head and you say, I'm gonna have a fear of missing out on what God is doing in my life and for my life. That's can you good. imagine, can you imagine Karen, how many things that we miss every day that God lays out in front of us. And it's these beautiful little blessings. They're simple, they're subtle, but they're powerful and they're beautiful. But because we're so distracted by what other humans are doing and other things happening in this kind of wilting world, we're missing out on the true riches of the kingdom that God pours out into our day-to-day -day lives if we just stop and we look around and see the good. And that's what we want people to know about a real good life. It's yeah. not the good life that's being advertised to you across the media and the movies. It is a life that says, I can genuinely accept and love where I am right now, despite not being where I want to be. And yes, you can dream because God gives us that heart to dream. He gives us the gifts to dream big. God wants us to outdream him. You can dream big, but do not forget along the way to genuinely love your life instead of constantly just romanticizing the next thing and the next yeah. thing after that and thinking and getting lost in your future. There's so much beauty in the present and you can start right now, today. And that's what our, our prayer is, that if you do buy our book, if you do pick up this book or you're browsing through Barnes and Nobles or wherever and you're just like, I'm gonna open this book and just read it. That's yeah. our biggest prayer is that you would walk away from this book not not feeling like, you have to do a million things in order to achieve right, the good right, life. Yeah. In fact, you're gonna probably walk away from this book realizing, wow, I have everything that I actually need right here, right in front of me. And yeah. so we wanna help you gather those things. We wanna help you cultivate those things, but we want you to be more connected to your life. And then the most important thing, which for us talking about God, it's yeah. not about religion, it's about relationship. It's about the beauty of having a relationship with the creator that made you. And so we hope that you'll have a stronger relationship with yourself by the end of this book, with your spouse or your loved ones, and then also with the creator, the one who created you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
stories that we share, which are not all butterflies and peaches and cakes. So that's our prayer for a real good life in this Mm -hmm. book. And getting to do it with this guy was just so fun and challenging too at times. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was wondering what was the writing process like, especially in the middle of, you know, increasing your family and then everything that, you know, comes with like moving, settling in, finding community, all of that stuff. What was that routine of writing and incorporating your lessons into the book? Suzanne she said I, routine. I'm like, oh, I wish we had that routine down. Suzanne and I are, are the kind of people who um, I think we perform well under pressure, a.k.a. people who probably procrastinate. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to like start a family, like grow our family to a family of five. Like, let's launch the book at the same time. Like, that's yeah. a really good idea. God's like, let's go. Is always Sounds convenient. really hard. Sounds uh, good. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think it was really cool because for us, you know, anybody wants to write a book, I, I've always battled with insignificance. I even talk about it in the book where I talk about being enough and knowing that you're enough. And I think the way that the enemy has always tried to play with me is just say like, your ideas are insignificant, you are insignificant, and you have nothing to offer that is significant enough to share with everybody else. That's just an idea that anyone could have. Like, those are the thoughts that he's like, and I'm like, you know what? That's BS. You know what I mean? I have a story and it's, it's my story. And it doesn't have to be this astronomical, out of this world, Guinness, you know, breaking record thing. Like, it's like, it's just me and I am enough and my story is enough. And so I remember somebody that we we had on our podcast a few times, uh, Bob Goff. I remember reading some of his books and one of them, Love Does, you know, it's simple stories about his life. But Bob Goff is also somebody who has done incredible things. I mean, he's he's done some wild, incredible things. He's got stories for days. But I remember the stories in his book were just everyday stories, but they were stories that I could see myself in. And so that gave me permission to actually be like, hmm, maybe actually like the whole writing a book thing isn't as daunting as I thought. Maybe I can prove all my English teachers wrong and show them (laughs) that I actually can do this thing. And so I remember Cezanne and I, you know, we've been blessed with a lot of hardships that have yielded a lot of like golden nuggets in our life. And so we really pulled from those. You know, we look back on our life and just like, like, God, what are, what were the things that your fingerprints were all over, like looking for your traces and going back and kind of reliving those moments and bringing them to life on the paper. It was a lot of fun. Cezanne and I are like very vocal, verbal people, you know, we're online communicators. And so it was a challenge to write it. Um, it was difficult. We had help, but at the same time, like we were pouring our hearts out onto the page and, you know, doing a lot of that. Thank God for, um, what's it called transcription where you speak and then it goes on. Yeah. Yeah. And then it like, I mean, thank God for that. Uh, It was a lot of like, you know, you don't ever write and edit in the same session. I struggled with that in the beginning because I kind of treated it like an Instagram caption where you'll sit and stare at the thing for like an hour until it's perfect. And you're like, "Uh Oh, I'm over the characters. And now I have to like paraphrase. So I was trying to do edit. I was trying to dump out my heart on paper and also edit as I was going. And I noticed like, you can't do that. You can't be a writer and an editor in the same session. You need to be able to humbly separate the two. And so if you're a writer, whether it's for a blog or it's for a a book that you want to write, I would encourage you to open up a Word doc and literally pour out your heart. Don't worry about the typos. Don't worry about the thoughts, where you're going with the thoughts. Dump everything out. Have that writing session with yourself. Schedule those out and find the best time of day when you're the most inspired and then come back and look at it and then edit it in a separate session. That's what we realized. That's what really helped us because we were doing life in the midst of writing about life. So we had to be able to give ourselves 
grace. And also we took a lot of breaks. That's why it took us five years to actually write this book because we took a lot of like timeouts, but we believe those were divine. And it was kind of like a divine intervention. God needed us to walk away from the project. And then when we revisited it, whoa, we had so much more wisdom and knowledge and secrets that we felt like Jesus was sharing and that we wanted to pour out into this book. And so I'm glad we took the long route with this because there is a faster you know, lane that you can take yeah. with writing books. But we said, no, if we're going to do this and we want to do it well, and we want to do it to hopefully bless others. We really do have to let God, not let timing get in the way and trust God's timing. And he doesn't measure time the same way that we do. So for us, that yeah. was five years. Um, and and I'm, I'm just so much more proud of it, I think, because it took that long and we took our time with it. Um, so we're, we're just happy that it's done, though. And I, yeah. don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to write another book. We'll see. Because that was, ooh, it was like birthing a baby. I was, I pre- it's like being pregnant for five years. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. No, I know. But now you have the grace. So you have like, you know, you've done it. So now it'll be like, I feel like a second one would be easy. Hopefully. Oh, Hopefully yeah, there's a template man. now in my heart where it's like, okay, I got this. You it's know? true. Yeah. Anything like the first time, it is just, it's so much harder. And the second and third, it just gets easier. So. Yeah. And I can definitely relate with to the insecurity. This is my second episode in like two months. I took a two month break because I was just telling myself, well, the devil was just telling me like, you have nothing to say, nothing you say is important. Who cares? Like, you know, and I I do so many things like YouTube, podcasts, Instagram, and I just stopped everything because I, I, I felt it felt insignificant. And so I definitely relate to that and just trying to overcome it and knowing that you know, God has placed these things within us for a reason. And it's it's meant for, you know, people, it's meant to be shared with the world. So, yeah, yeah. totally. I, I literally was praying for our girls like last night, I think. And I just felt God like put something on my heart where I started praying for them that they would, they would be able to recognize their gifts, like the gifts mm-hmm. that God has given them. Yeah. And they would be able to cultivate those gifts that they would be able to utilize those gifts as a service for God's glory and for this world. Yeah. And so he's clearly given you gifts, you know, gifts to do this podcast. Not everyone can do a podcast. Not everyone can, it's you know, hard. have a, have a strong presence on social media. And so you have, you have resources and you have gifts and it would be a shame, I think, for us to start, to start hiding our light. You know, why yeah. hide your light? Why, why hide your light? Let it, let it out. It's going to do more good than anything else. And so like, I just want to encourage you with that and anybody else it's like, and from somebody who's definitely struggled with that feeling like, is this, is this good enough? Is this significant enough? And I would say, yes, that it is. It doesn't matter. Just show up and be you and know that like what you're doing is for God's glory. And it's for a, it's you're serving the world that you're leaving your own footprint. And good for you for taking a break because sometimes (laughs) the high functioning anxiety woman in me is like, I kind of do the opposite. I'm like, well, I need to go faster than I need to go hundred right. million miles per hour. And like, mm. it's really nice when you can always give yourself the permission to take a step back yeah. and just like, it's okay. Now the world in the Western culture, right. That we live in today, it's all about the hustle and the bustle and the go, go, go. And if you're not putting out things consistently, algorithms are going to hurt you. This is going to happen. And that, that is such, that is noise, whether it's true or not. Like I said, it's like, God is the ultimate provider over your life. And I even tell myself that like we have worked for ourselves for the past decade. And you know how hard that is when you are your own boss. 
it's like they say the grass is always greener on the other side. There's times where I'm like, you know what? It'd be a lot easier sometimes if I could just clock in somewhere, yeah. do my job and then yeah. come home and not think about work anymore. But when you work for yourself and you want to provide for your family, you're always on, right? You have to like know when to turn it off. And I have learned now as a mother, I look at my children and I'm like, I can't continue to work past five o'clock like I did when I was younger and pull the all-nighters because I'm missing out on that part of success. That is success right there. And so when I check myself and say, wait, Instagram is not my provider. Our podcast, this book, <laughs> I mean, those are not the providers ultimately. Yeah. God yeah. is the provider of everything. So if you stumble, if you're likes are dropping on IG or you're not getting the success. You feel like you're hitting rocks when it comes to trying to break through. It's just not happening for you. Like just remember and remind yourself who is your provider and mm -hmm. who are you serving? That's so important. I think for us to really check that, like who are we showing up for? Who are we serving? Whose opinion ultimately matters. And I have to really remind myself of that of the world we live in and so it's awesome that you were able to take a step back and say like i'm just gonna like take a pause and i think we all need to do that more and give ourselves the permission to do that because yeah. it's necessary yeah thank you so much i have so many more questions but i'm sure once i am through with the book i'll have them all answered and also just like you guys are just such um inspiration for me as well just like seeing you know this solid two-parent household, Christian family, just like doing doing life and everything that comes, you know, with it, good and bad. And so I'm really, I'm really excited to keep reading and keep learning and taking notes and just like processing it all. Um, and I do have one, I have so many more questions, but I have, I'll do this one last one because it was my sure. fault. No, <laughs> um, sure, go ahead. But what I, I normally ask anyone who comes on the podcast, what are you welcoming recently and what are you exiling? And it's usually just like one thing. Maybe it's like a thought or a new song or a new book or a new thing you incorporate in your routine. And then one thing you are getting rid of in this like current season or time. So I love that. I, That's I, really I, cool. I like that you asked that. I feel like I'm welcoming new rhythms of, um, like self-talk. Okay. I, it's weird. I've been like having these moments where like super subconscious, I'll just say something to myself and I'm like, I just am aware of it now and I catch it and I'm like, that self-talk is, that's wrong. Just yeah. like I said, that insignificant, that's just one thing mm. of many things that like, I woke up this morning. I don't, I don't remember what I was doing. I think I woke up this morning. It was like 6.30. I'm making toast for my daughter. I'm literally putting toast in the oven at 6.30 because I'm getting her ready for school. I don't remember what it was, but I had some negative thought. Mm. And I said, I said, literally, I was, I was like to the devil. I said, man, shut up. <laughs> I said, dude, shut up. I was like, you're, I was like, I literally like looked at my phone. I was like, you're already talking trash to me. It's not even 7 a.m. Oh I said, gosh. you know what? I was like, I was like, and it was a thought that like I've had before. I was like, I'm not yeah. buying it, dude. I was just like, shut up. And I literally was like, yeah, like, what was that? Like negative, this came across my mind. Like I'm, I'm still sleepy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. I, I want to like take notice of that. Cause it's like, we can be sleepy throughout our day, not paying attention to the way that we even speak to ourselves or allow the enemy to like create a narrative in our mind. So I'm like saying bye-bye to that. And I'm saying, welcome in new self-talk, Holy spirit. Tell me, Tell me about me. Yeah. Seriously, God, tell me about me. I got so many blind spots. You know, there's, there's so many things. I was at the gym the other day and I was judging this dude 
because he was acting a fool. I felt like <laughs> God, oh, I man. felt like God literally was like, and now you see you. Yeah. And I was like, and it wasn't in a mean condemning way. The Holy Spirit isn't like that, but he was just like, he was just he like, shows you things. Through, he was just like, yep. but what about, what about your stuff? What about your mm. weaknesses? And it didn't make me feel bad. It just made me feel like, God, like, I'm so lucky that you're nice to me. Like, wh- why are you friends with me? I know. Because like, we're like, dirty dish rats. you don't have to hang out with me, but you want to, yeah. like, that's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm going to, in this season, you know, we have a two month old. It's our third baby. And I've learned from my old experiences that I'm so quick to want to jump back in it, in the hamster wheel of life. And I get excited because I'm a passionate person. I love to work. I love to pour into my hustle and my dreams. But I think what I'm learning and what I'm welcoming in this season is more grace for my life. I need to give my body the grace that it needs to know that like it doesn't need to bounce back in a certain period of time because the world tells me that I need to be back, you know, like snatched Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, and also something else that I'm welcoming in my life is more protein because I'm really bad at eating protein. I mean, that's a funny answer, but Stevie, how good have I been with those protein shakes? I, I told her she was eating more protein and you know, she, she it, took it and ran with it. I'm like into the protein now because I'm not a huge meat eater, but like, yeah. it's amazing what a great protein shake can do for your mind, your body and your spirit. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Protein. And then um, protein is trending. And then something that I am exiling is overthinking. That was my number one goal for this year. And I keep coming back to it because it's so easy for me as a woman, as a mom, as an entrepreneur to just overthink things. And that is what keeps me from showing up and simply being God's made me to be is I talk myself out of it. or I'm just overthinking things because I want it to be so perfect and it's so dumb because god is not concerned like you said like he's not concerned with the perfection of our hearts he's more concerned with the direction and so anytime i'm starting to freak out even if i'm at a fast food restaurant like or like in the drive-thru if i'm taking too long to decide i'll literally be like you're holding up the line says like stop overthinking something as small as that and then big big business decisions like Mm -hmm. stop overthinking where you want to be in five years and just go get a whiteboard and start writing on it start seeing vision for your future and just go slap some things on there. And so that is what I'm exiling and continuing to exile. It's a work in progress. Good. Cause no the, overthinking. The, the drive, the drive through takes way too long. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you just say it? Like, go ahead and just tell her what you want. I'm not, it's like, don't even I'm not like telling back. this girl to give me 10 packets of ketchup. <laughs> she gives me four. That's what it is. You know what I mean? And it's like, if I'm on those little apps that deliver food, yeah. like that's bad for somebody. Oh, who's no. yeah. Special instructions I'm on there on for 30 everything. minutes. He's like, have you decided what we're going to eat for dinner? I'm like, I'm just really thinking this through, Steve. There's no too many options. There's too many options. Exactly. Men cannot trust a woman when he says, what do you want for dinner? And she says, I don't care. I'm like, <laughs> and then you we ask him care. again. And then like, she'll be like, I told you I don't care. And I'm like. I don't yeah. believe you. I yeah, literally no. don't believe you. No. And I'm like, so Mediterranean? She's like, oh, that again? And I'm like, no. oh, so you do care. She's like, text exactly. back. I know. The one thing that you do decide on is like, no. no. Exactly. Okay, so then- <laughs> of course you would say that. You're like, yeah. I don't know. I know. And then you end up settling after going out in a debate. You end up going back to your first option. You, do, you always go back to the first yeah. one. Like, why didn't we just... Yeah. You you get it. Trust it's like when you options. it's yeah, like when you're taking options. pictures for uh, Instagram or something. You take it. You're like, oh man, these stink. And you do like a hundred of them. You go back the first one. Oh, it's pretty good. Actually. <laughs> right, right, that right. That's, that's life too. For you. We're all so weird. True. <laughs> True. Oh my gosh. Okay, I love that. Okay. Well, I'll do a really quick one before we end. But I would love to know because I recently got engaged like two months ago, and so I want to know. 
selfishly, just an advice for me, like, what would you say to me? And, you know, I guess looking back at yourselves when you were engaged about to be married and there's so many uncertainties and stuff that comes with that. So if you have any advice for me, I would love that. <laughs> Some Listen, I'm, I'm Stevie, I know you're going to have the best advice. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say something real since, you know, this is all about a real good life, right? Yeah. So something real that happens to a lot of people and couples after they get married. When you're engaged, when you're going through the wedding planning process, and when you get to go get to the wedding, there's all this adrenaline and there's all this excitement and hype and momentum. Once you come back from the honeymoon, the first six months of marriage, I will tell you, do not be surprised and do not freak out if you kind of have like moments in your marriage now where you're kind of like panicking and you're just kind of like worried about stuff, you're fighting more, you're arguing, you're actually becoming one, you know? And it's like in, the, in anything that you start in the beginning, like let's say you never work out before, if you start training that muscle, it's gonna be really sore in the beginning. Yeah. So I wanna encourage you that like when the honeymoon phase, it's like the newlywed phase they talk about, like the first six months were probably one of the hardest in our marriage because we didn't live together. So like we were like trying to figure out like, how many pans do we really need? Like what, you know, I, even socks everywhere. I mean, you know, those little things, but then we would also just like have real conflict and stuff. So it's like, it's all part of a beautiful marriage. It's like even the hard moments that you're going to go through. So I just want to encourage you that it's very normal once you're married the first six months to go through the hard yeah, yeah. and don't question and wonder like, Oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, the devil will tell you, you made a mistake. Right. Like, and I never thought that, by the way. I never was like, oh, I made a mistake. But I yeah, was like, dang, how up? many socks does this boy really need? Like, did you Where's that again? So that's my little advice or takeaway yeah. for you as you're entering that season. That's good um, advice. I, I think, yeah, your first year of marriage feels, it's probably the most volatile, right? Where you like have so much romance, but you also have like so many tension points. You're like, dude, I just thought you would understand this. And he's like, he's like, I'm a wild animal. So like, I need you to tell me like, you want me to do the dishes? And you're like, yes. Um, but I think, I think, I think some advice that's really good for just like, whether you're starting out your marriage or you're 30 years in is like, you have to challenge your spouse in the right ways, but you also have to learn how to love them for who they are and cherish the the good things about them. Yeah. And that that's kind of what our book is about too, is like, it's like looking for the good. Mm -hmm. I think people forget to look for the good in their spouse because we hear narratives subconsciously all the time about how we should be picking on them yeah. and how we should talk about what's wrong with them. And it sucks because like, it shouldn't be like that. It actually should be like, I'm hunting for ways to embrace like my spouse and the beautiful, wonderful things about them. And yes, they may do these things wrong that, you know, bother me, but I'm actually going to choose to not be as bothered by them. Even though they do bother me, I'm going to choose to not be as bothered and I'm going to choose to lean in to look for the good. Just like yeah. Philippians talks about, right? Focusing on the good, thinking about the good. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with your spouse. Like look for the good in them. And Cezanne and I have learned to, cherish the good things about each other because once upon our time uh, once upon a time our relationship was really really rocky i mean honestly i was like i don't we are not gonna make it i'm fire and, and he's ice yeah <laughs> and and like but i think somewhere along the way we we really realized like you know what we are hard on each other we challenge each other but we're really good for each other and there's yeah. actually like some like i told Taz, like this is one thing that i i love about my marriage to my wife and you might maybe people think this is small but i was like i told her i was like you know what babe i was like 
we're food soulmates. I was like, yes. we like to like we love food and we yes. like the same food. Same. I said, and I love that about us, but we are not snack soulmates. I was like, your snack selection is ratchet. Like Excuse it is like me? I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what playbook you're you're getting this out of, but like you need to check your Let snacks. Let me just say, I was like, we, but I'm glad that we can like when we enjoy go on food, airplanes. You know? When we go on airplanes, those ratchet yeah. snacks come in handy because you are yeah, no one like, at the snack bar. He doesn't like, put it. Like, he doesn't like you buy don't anything. Mix like funyuns we- with Starburst with like a Sprite. It's weirder than that. Trust me. Cheeto funyuns. Cheeto funyuns. I have not even heard of that. Oh my God! I'm sending see, you a bag. You see, get a bag. We get a bag. We I think a bag. that we're normal. Okay. <laughs> you know what else too? I love. It's like you can be each other's biggest cheerleaders. I before once upon a time before Stevie came into my life, it was very competitive. Like the relationships yeah. I was in was always very competitive, and it was like hard to be happy for the other person's success. Like yeah. I love that we are each other's biggest cheerleaders, and we are a team. And so when things are not going great, we it's like um it's like we're kind of like you want to win the football game of life. Yeah. And so we're both the coaches here. Like, let's get on the playing field and let's figure out what's the right move because we're not going to quit. We just have to change the tactic. And so working together on life's problems as a team, whether that's in each other, but together is so important. And, and a great way to do that is don't stop dating. Don't stop dating even when you're married. There's an extra little tip in Always there. Always go Date to nights, Especially before you have idea. kids because then it gets harder and more expensive because you got to hire a center. Oh, my goodness. So, Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Date nights, date nights, date nights. Yeah. There you go. Oh, thank you so, so much for your time, words of wisdom. And anyone listening, I'll have all the details of the book down below. You can also listen to it on audiobook, um, which is, is that coming out soon or is it already out, the audiobook version? I know it's coming out soon. Yeah, 10 10, October 10. 10. Here we come. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And you can pre order if you are super, super excited to get it on time. But thank you so much. And yeah, God bless you guys. I'm looking forward to finishing the book. Good luck with everything. Have a wonderful wedding day. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Woohoo!